Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. We're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. fans oh my goodness well if scott Riker had only done a version of say christmas and Alice on his classical guitar we'd be playing that and that would be our intro for this but he hasn't yet he's slacking he just does don't stop believing and we play it at the start and the end of every podcast now hey but you know what for this particular podcast i guess it fits because it's i i guess until we come up with another one the final phase of our Saxivus celebration, it is Saxivus miracles. And as we are all White Sox fans, we do believe in miracles. And you know, Saxivus miracles can come true. I just got my second haircut of the pandemic. That was my wife's Saxivus miracle. And yes, indeed it happened. So these can come true. You have to subscribe to the Patreon to get spouses and significant others Saxivus miracles. That's just how it works, people. You subscribe to the Patreon, you get the you get all the bonus tracks. Uh, anyway, this is Southside Sox Mothership Podcast. Oh yes, it's a Soxivist podcast. Mothership Podcast number seventy four. Once again, the entirety of <laughs> back from garbage duty, the entirety of the Indianapolis field office joins us once again. It's Crystal O'Keefe. She's waiting, people, and Super Joseph Reeses back from his walk downtown. He was looking for a Sox math to win. Saul just spontaneously but there was none so he was a little late 
but we're back and rolling. And of course, no Soxivus podcast can be complete without Father Soxivus himself. Uh, apparently, yeah, big. <laughs> he's geared up. Sweet. Uh, apparently, though, I don't know. The, he, I think maybe his Soxivus miracle will be a Soxivus beard because it's it's there, but it, you got a ways to go. Like by the 25th at the end of the year, uh, Tommy, it is Tommy Barbie's father saxophist joining us. So us as a quartet will run through what we have as our saxophist miracles, uh, which is an article as always with these podcasts is running alongside this podcast debut here this morning. And I hope you've read it or go to it after you've been entertained by all of us. Well, first of all, Welcome to the three of you, including Indianapolis, all Eastern time zone participants. The central time zone slacks so badly for the, for Southside Stocks, only like 85 members and none of them ever show. Yes, I'm calling all of you out. Welcome and happy celebration, people. Thank you. Good evening. Looking forward to discussing all of these great things that I'm sure will all happen um, in the near future (laughs) with the White Sox. Thank you, Joe. You confirmed I'm not just talking to myself, although you'd be tempted to believe otherwise. All right, let's get right to the miracles. Adrian Serrano, who is our who is our saxophist pole uh, merch designer, it seems, wearing the very shirt that uh, Tommy just flashed. If you're watching, you need to watch. You can see how long Father uh, Saxophist's beard is and how he's geared up, etc. cetera. Uh, but if you're not watching and listening, uh, indeed, he is geared up with some Adrian Serrano stuff. Uh, he had the first miracle or i guess i'm ordering these in this podcast most likely to least likely to happen and let's cross our fingers after about the 80th ballot for mini Mignoso, he will be elected next month that is adrian's saxivus miracle to the hall of fame and obviously uh all three of you i would have to think believe this is long long overdue as an honor for really mr white Sox. I'm only disappointed that it hasn't happened sooner. I would rather give someone their roses while they are still around to receive them. Yeah, it it's kind of sad, really, that this is even on the list of potential miracles. Like, this is just, it should be a no-brainer, but it hasn't been so far. So I, I totally understand the submission. It's just sad that it hasn't happened. I mean, think about the fact that uh, you know, on his on his own merit, this should have been a shoe in. Heck, maybe before any of us were born, for God's sake, much yeah. less since he was on a first or second ballot. Uh, the fact that, and, you know, as much as we say, well, it's far fetched, he's sort of like, you know, I don't know, the Vegas odds, maybe leader in the clubhouse. Um, you could have said that a full 10 years ago. I was part of the White Sox symposium they called at the ballpark after the 2011 season, basically just to pump up Minnie's uh, candidacy for what was then some version of this golden days era, whatever, whatever word order they're doing this time around. Uh, it was a given that he would get serious consideration. He didn't even come particularly close. I believe he got nine votes when 12 is needed for election. And, and that's with the White Sox full power. I mean, they brought in Louis Tian, they brought in Tony Perez, got people who are, you know, acknowledging many as, you know, really like the, like the father of Cuban baseball, you know, at least major league baseball. 
Uh, and he fell short then, didn't even particularly come close. So as much as we think this might be in the bag, <laughs> I hate to say it, and I don't want to curse, <laughs> the number one most likely socks of his miracle, but there is no given because this is also a pretty strong ballot coming up next month. It, it's a stacked ballot. I mean, that that's my concern with this whole process, but it's just, I, I feel like enough people are finally starting to understand the historical significance of his career and impact on the game of baseball that it shouldn't go any further than, than this vote. Like, I, I really hope this is it. Yeah. And it also speaks to something, uh, Crystal, I think, Tommy, you might have also acknowledged of getting these guys in when they're alive. Louis Tion, I think famously after that Minoso uh, symposium had said that he instructed his family not to accept, again, it doesn't work that way, Louis, but not to accept enshrinement if it's done after his death. Uh, I'm sure he's not the only person to feel that way. Um, but also uh, a very important factor that I think really pushes uh, Minnie's candidacy over the top. Uh, we'll talk about that toward the end when I get to my miracle uh, as well. Some some teasers here, even with the very first miracle. Let's move on to number two. Number two comes from Lee Allen. Pre- you may say predictably, it has to do with Tony Larusa. This one should have been first. That's all is, I have to say. <laughs> and true to true to Lee's nature, it has a nasty twist. So it's not completely festive, but it basically involves Tony contracting, finding a way to stumble into stumble into his third DUI, which would apparently force the White Sox to actually uh, back their promise that that he essentially has no chances left, why he even has any chances left as of a year ago, uh, and would then be dismissed as manager of the White Sox. And I think the little sweetener, the little uh, candy, the candied apple thrown into the stocking that Lee throws in to make it not just terribly anti-Tony is that, of course, the White Sox will go on in 2022 to win a World Series. Uh, as the only guy among, I think, the 15 predictors, and we will have a feature about this now that all the awards are coming out. We will revisit our predictions from before the season as the only person of 15 who actually said and committed, not just wishfully, that Tony would not be back in 2022. Geez, maybe you're right, Tommy. This should have been bumped to number one, but uh, uh, Tony's back. I'm just saying there might be a certain person in the front office that spikes his drink at the holiday party. (laughs) And we just waited out. I'm not going to name names. Um, It does not rhyme with Dick Han, Con, Dick Con. Um, I mean, let's just see where this goes. This got super wicked. You and Lee need to collaborate. Wow. I am in a silly, goofy mood today. I'm not taking anything from anyone. This is what you get. It's the red lipstick. It makes me sassy. I've been listening to some Taylor Swift. Like, I'm just in that mood. Right on. All right. Right on. I'm looking forward to your thoughts on all the other miracles, uh, Crystal. Uh, Okay. Well, Tommy's, uh, uh, Tony's back. Tommy is also back, uh, too. And he is wearing saxophist gear as father saxophist. Okay. Now we get to have someone else speak on behalf of their miracles. Uh, What I deemed to be the third most likeliest, only because it's such a this was surprising from Joe Reese's, I got to say, and only because it's such a goddamn dumb, I mean, I'm sure he believes differently, dumb signing. It makes perfect sense for the White Sox to do. So, Joe, take it away. Tell me about our right fielder for 2022. 
Yes, we are going to see the White Sox make another very strange attempt at solving their ongoing right field issue. They always seem to have a gap there, and this time they're going right back to the discount pile of you know, players who were solid at one point in their career, but you know probably aren't who you want starting in right field for a team in the middle of their contention window. So they're going to give Brett Gardner a one-year contract and he'll surprisingly be okay for them. They'll be roughly average right fielder. Joe, I'm, um, I don't mean to interrupt, but it's important yes. to acknowledge also, in addition to all the other things you just listed out there, a very angry right fielder. That seems to now be a mode of operation for the White Sox and Brett Gardner is going to bring the anger to right field. Please, I'm sorry for interrupting. Yes, no, that was very useful. That's important. I would not have mentioned that, so I'm glad you <laughs> helped me out there. Um, and yeah, it, it'll be a kind of a you know, an average regular season for him. And yeah, I'm not going to you know predict that he hits 40 homers or something crazy like that, or the White Sox you know are actually going to spend serious money in right field. We know know that those just are not going to be realistic. Um, but you know, I think, I think him having an average season that, that can happen. Um, they could, you know, be a little bit lucky with that one year, like kind of a rental or short-term signing. And in terms of the playoffs, I'm also not going to be brave enough to say he'll have a big moment there, so to speak, but, um, he will be able to avoid a double play with, by hustling down the first baseline on a ground ball that normally would have been a double a, a series ending double play in the ALDS um, but since he ran it out and he, he barely beat the throw and kept the White Sox alive in game five of the ALDS and Tim Anderson took care of business from from that point forward and while it'll prove to be largely a footnote in the in the far future uh, for among White Sox fans, it will ultimately be a noteworthy moment, him beating out that throw to first base to avoid the, the double play. And we will partially have him to thank for the White Sox's uh, first uh, ALDS victory since the magical year of 2005. Okay, Joe, you have dove deep enough into this Brett Gardner fanfic that I figure that this is probably going to be in the appendix, but let me know. I need to know how many times he, during the course of the season, just your estimation, he inexplicably just loses his mind. Uh, his head swells up to the point where the helmet can no longer feel and possibly beats the hell out of the top of the dugout. Are you saying maybe, is it going to be over five times or fewer than five times? I was thinking three. Okay. Um, which would still be a, a large number, I, in my opinion. Um, he'd, he'd lead the team with that amount, <laughs> I think. Um, and that's a very important category to lead the team. In. <laughs> uh, now it's getting real accurate. Okay, I'm bumping that one up. That might have just hit number one. Joe, thank you. Let's shift over. It always ends up working this way. You just pass the microphone over the cubicle wall to Crystal City next to you because she, uh, in my mind, has the fourth most likely miracle, which is to say probably very unlikely. But it has to do with spending. I'll let you take over. But generally, your theme is Jerry actually spends in the contention window. Yeah. So 
I sarcastically wrote this very last minute today. <laughs> Just because Valid. I kept seeing a bunch of idiots like carrying water for billionaires on Twitter today and like arguing with our dear Janice. And I was like, this is not actually going to happen, but this is going to be really funny if it does. So Jerry's going to spend um, somehow. It's basically like he wants to give Kenny Williams everything kind of thing, like because Kenny always gets his guy. So it was kind of to that. We're going to get Marcus. Probably not, actually. Um, We're going to give Carlos Rodon like a year to figure it out, see if he's okay. Pay him cheap, I guess. Do what he did last year. I don't care. Um, And then my pipe dream that no one else agrees with me on is that they bring in Andrew McCutcheon. He's a free agent. I don't really know what he's going to do. It's either him or Yolmer bring him back. (laughs) Um, Because I feel like it's the same. But he's going to have like a good year next Mm -hmm. year versus kind of the last. I mean, he was okay last year. I won't even say that. Um, so yeah, he's just gonna, maybe he'll hang out in right field. I don't really know. Like, I don't care, but I'll, I'll probably buy season tickets if I can see Andrew McCutcheon because he's my favorite. And if I can be closer and not drive to like Philadelphia, that would be cool. I like the fact that in your, in your relatively short, sarcastic, uh, of miracle, you did basically directly address Jerry and say, I will spend a lot of money if you do this, because that's the kind of stuff that gets an owner motivated, uh, to make these types of moves as someone who I think maybe a couple of years ago in the, uh, before apparently we were fired by, uh, SB nation on this project, when we were doing the off season simulation, I believe I signed as sort of that veteran hand, uh, not Andrew McCutcheon, but uh, a definite similar type of leader and Curtis Granderson. So I could certainly get behind uh, deciding to see if Kutch has got something not only to put out on the field, but maybe teach some of these guys about how to be offset, offset the Tony LaRusa factor. Uh, he's what? Fun. Uh, he's fun. He's so fun. Do you, I mean, you want dancing for dubs back, bring Andrew McCutcheon into that fold. Knock out Zach Collins. Um, speaking of. Are you wearing a Dancing for Dub shirt? This is... You know, they didn't is, They didn't send me too many comps, but... After I dark. To, I was you going to say, where, where are we going with this? <laughs> <laughs> so, this is Patreon-only material. Yeah, You're gonna that's have true. To there is that. a lot. Uh, you can tell that uh, I'm a high-priority customer for uh, Breaking Tea when those are the types of freebies they send out to the guy who is pimping their gear. Thank you, Breaking T, as always, for your fine free gear. Uh, Joe and Tommy, uh, who among Crystal's sarcastic list do you think might be most likely to join the White Sox? Besides the fact that Rodon obviously is going to just crawl back, given the market, just going to crawl back for like the three million they want to give him. You say Yomer. No, I, I think Kutch makes a lot of sense. And I agree. I, I have had him on my radar is kind of one of the potential guys. The only thing he doesn't have is a left-handed bat, but you know, I think in terms of never stopped us in the back, it doesn't, you know, it's not like it matters really what's handedness really in this lineup. Um, But yeah, I think he makes a lot of sense. He checks a lot of boxes for him. 
Look at Joe and Tommy just pandering to Crystal. This is great. You got some power tonight. I, I will take him over Brett Gartner. I, yeah. I, mean, I, I, just, I just have to say, like, if Brett Gartner lore becomes the future for White Sox fandom, I don't know how I'll live with myself. Because it's just, <laughs> that's basically saying we liked Adam Eaton, but he had too much hair. So let's sign Brett Gartner instead. Like, yeah, that's all. Yeah, the, ro- the Roy's budget will you know, have to be inflated, but uh, yeah, uh, and Kutch will probably only beat hell out of the top of the dugout. Like I'm going to say once, so that's going to help you know spare the repairs you know at at the ballpark as well. That's that's only when his alter ego is going to come through. Exactly. So I think we're good, but I mean. You want if you want me to buy some season tickets and some like jerseys so I can I mean I have his jersey with every other damn team on it so you know can you at least get the team I support the most that would be nice right Adrian Serrano has broken into the podcast I have allowed him in despite his tardiness he does not have to go to the office he gets to report right in but we have also we have already acknowledged his miracle so when we're wrapping up in a similar vein toward the end of this he's going to get to jump in and talk a little bit about a little bit more about his Saxivus miracle. For now, uh, welcome, Adrian. Thank you for making the heroic effort to get here for us and talk a little bit about miracles as Saxivus miracle designer t-shirt. Tommy's wearing your shirt. That's what I'm trying to say. Uh, so he's the guy. He's the guy for us to think because he's fueling all the sales. <laughs> that Subway sandwich you're going to be able to buy next month. That's on Tommy. <laughs> Uh, okay, Crystal, uh, who was next? Uh, oh, well, you know, Hamster. The um, I guess this is a good place, actually, for Adrian to jump in as well. Uh, what her point was about this Golden Days era, whatever, ballot, is uh, the priority is let's try to get some people who are alive. Uh, unfortunately, that knocks out uh, the th- three of the four uh, uh, White Sox content members on the ballot from consideration. Uh, but prioritizing guys like Jim Cott, who are worthy and alive, Tony Oliva, worthy and alive. Maybe having these, having the voters actually get together enough, they're supposedly discuss this ballot and then they vote. Uh, they don't really seem to reflect that year after year after year, uh, where they come together and conspire, given how great all of these, pretty much all these candidates, I count at least probably eight of the 10, very strong, probably worthy of the Hall of Fame, uh, to pool enough together to get more guys elected. I think her point was to get four guys from this ballot. So certainly there's still room for, for uh, a mini or Dick Allen um, and room for support, which is also important to see support. So these guys survive on the ballot support for Billy Pierce as a guy who's unlikely maybe to get in on this ballot. So Adrian, I'll kick it back to you now playing off of the, the, the hamster entry. And that is uh, going back to the fact that your miracle, which I consider the most likely miracle to actually come true being Minnie Minoso getting into the Hall of Fame on his 68th try, long, long overdue. I mean, I guess the first thing we start off with is Minnie Minoso is already a Hall of Famer. Like, he's not in that museum in Cooperstown because that museum is made by a certain group of people who want to highlight a certain group of people and want you to appreciate them in a certain way. But Minnie Minoso is the guy that you build a Hall of Fame for. <laughs> like, he is everything on the field and off the field that like is worth being remembered and being special. You know, we all know famously how Jackie Robinson, what he went through, you know, breaking that color barrier. And he was doing that in his mid twenties 
Manny Minosa was doing that at 18 mm-hmm. in a country that wasn't his own in <laughs> speaking a language. Not, that not speaking his, a language. You know, we famously remember Roberto Clemente and for good reason, he was a great player, but Roberto Clemente wanted to be Manny Minosa. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's just so many things that like, and it's just a shame that so many of these guys, they wait until they, you know, pass away before they finally get in, you know, the closest that many ever got in happened to be, you know, they, pushed Ron Santo through because he had just passed away the year before. So it's like, it's always, they're always going to try to like, it seems like they're always just trying to finagle things to make up for the fact that they just don't get it right ever, seemingly ever. It's like, if they're good enough, just, just put them in, like stop gatekeeping. (laughs) Just let these guys be appreciated for what they are because the fact that people don't understand how important Manny Minoso was to a league that is, you know, roughly 25% Latino at this point, is yeah it's just unforgivable so like my miracle was not only him being able to get in but somehow we were going to bring him back from the dead so he could actually <laughs> enjoy it and maybe yeah. get a couple hits for the Sox in 2022 yeah and that's just it he said you know like all these guys I say hey listen I want this honor when I'm alive it connects to what Hampshire wrote about which is let's just increase the, the vote the close I believe the closest he got in might have been 2011 I don't know 2000 that 2015 one or I guess he probably came close as well but that was when the guy in charge of the vote not that that gives him any doesn't give him two votes was a Chicago guy a Chicago Chicago writer. Mm-hmm. He chose to throw his weight behind the sand to make sure Santo got through. And a- again, it doesn't have to be an either or. It's yeah. not as if only one guy gets in. Why? Why isn't there a pooling of some resources here to say, okay, listen, you know, let's make sure. You know, I, I, this sounds like you know, like some sort of controversial, yeah. like cigar chomping, you know, back room type of thing or something. But I mean, let's put minds together on this ballot, take this seriously enough to get some guys in the mm-hmm. idea that like one guy makes it from any of these ballots is ludicrous. I know that's not what it's intended for either. Maybe it shouldn't, yeah. maybe it's not going to be four guys, but you just need to get more people into the hall of fame. Yeah. In 2015, I believe is zero. I believe zero guys got in, in 2015. Many, many got eight votes, um, but <laughs> so he's going it, nobody got in. So even, even up against zero other competition, like he couldn't get in. And then unfortunately he died, you know, three or four months after that. But it's just ridiculous. I don't know. Um, that's why, like I say, like he is a hall of famer already regardless, yeah. but you know, it'd be nice if he got the recognition that he deserves. Worth noting uh, in Dick Allen's case, I believe, I don't know if it was last year or the year before, I think they skipped all the votes. Last year. I don't know. Whatever that last vote was, as it turned out uh, again, not knowing his last moments, but he would have learned he was in the hall of fame. I think literally the day before he died. Uh, and again, not that you need to just like ch- just turn the car around to like to accommodate all of this, but you know, there's a way to line this up because clearly there's like fi- what just ran random number fifty guys who are clearly worthy of being in the Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. and uh, let's just start moving some of these things. Yeah, because the the way that the rules work now, they're going to like all right, let's press to get all these guys before they die, get some of these guys in, and then a guy like Todd Helton, who's young and probably should be in, keeps getting pushed to the side. And before you know, his 15 years are up, and now he's 40 years down the road and trying to you know play the same game. And it's just always, it's just just get it right. You know, it doesn't matter. You're not watering down the, your precious museum <laughs> by putting in six guys on one ballot. Like it doesn't you know, if that six guys were to retire all at the same time, then that's what happened. You know, just be happy that there's so many great players to propagate the game into the next generation. The voters are such drama queens, Adrian. They get to, they love their drama. Oh, it's on the, it's the 15th ballot. Oh, look, Larry Walker's in. He's a Hall of Famer all of a sudden. Oh, what a nice guy. Okay, listen, we're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna get to Father Saxivus. 
and, and his miracle, which I believe comes up next. We're taking a break. We're back in a second. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. The second is over. My name is Brett Ballantini. I never introduced myself, but come on, I'm synonymous with something, right? You almost, you got a mini striptease earlier if you're watching. So Adrian even missed that one. Uh, okay. We are talking Socks of Us Miracles. It is podcast number 74. Uh, we are all in awe of the great work Crystal O'Keefe did in a minute and a half, writing hers up. Uh, brilliant. In fact, she's now convinced everyone that Andrew McCutcheon needs to be on the White Sox in 2022. And we've talked many other miracles. We are going in descending order of likelihood or something like that. So I'm going to come now <laughs> to Tommy Barbie talking about, oh, I don't know, another right fielder, uh, I think, dear to his heart. Yeah, um, basically, you know, I don't understand why mine was voted least likely because we already know the Sox aren't spending any money. We will sit here. It'll be about a month from now and Rick Hahn will have his presser (laughs) and he'll say, well, you know, I feel pretty good about the guys that we have on our roster because there's some guys that are that are down there in Charlotte that I, I think could make an impact on the White Sox this year. So knowing that and feeling that vibe going into this offseason, I said, what the heck? I'm hyping this guy anyway. Let's talk about my favorite prospect, Mike Rodolfo, who I think wins somehow gets his way onto the spring training roster continues to impress guys makes his way onto the opening day roster and puts together an effective enough campaign where he hits 30 home runs this is a team that has like it's been down on power doesn't hit you know many fly balls i think he solves all of those issues and gives you i i've said it before i think jorge solera is a perfect comp for him And I see him as being a guy that once he gets it figured out is streaky enough where he could easily hit 30 home runs in his rookie campaign. So that is my socks of this miracle. Tommy, uh, I've heard that Miker is in the best shape of his life. Always. Have you seen him? I mean that he he's ready to go. We'll hear from Rick Hahn too. So exactly. he will validate that soon. <laughs> like in about three months in a panic with that crazy yep. look in his eye because he just spiked Tony Lewis's drink and it didn't work. Uh, yes, he'll come out and say, Miker is in the best. He's looking great. Of his life. And we expect he will hit, uh, he will strike out only 250 times or less. So all good if he can get 30 homers, if he can launch enough 
If you can hit 30 into the air, we got 30 homers and we got a right fielder. I skipped right over uh, Delia Ritchie, who's not here with us, but hers, uh, her, her Sox of his miracle essentially parallels crystals in that it involves spending. The White Sox actually spending. I see now why Tommy, you believe yours should be higher because yet micro dolphin right feels much more likely. Sorry, crystal than the White Sox actually spending real money and getting quality players in to play for the White Sox. Uh, number eight food at home. Why are they going to spend? They've got food at a, home. That is right? true. Oh my God. The food at home. It's actually going to be in the World Series. He is going to hit a walk-off and also score in Gavin Sheets, and it will be a Sheets-Adolfo World Series. Mm-hmm. And the good there news go. for you, Crystal, is that the money they save not spending at all because they have food at home will uh, be uh, funneled towards you uh, for the, the yoga work you're willing to do, uh, at, at the bottle opening that you're willing to do. So I think there's a little bit of money earmarked just for you. So you're, you actually aren't even going to have to spend that money to see Andrew McCutcheon play. You're going to get to see 81 games up close and personal and perhaps even work one-on-one with him doing, uh, doing the yoga. Uh, uh, Zach Hayes, unfortunately, uh, apparently he's lost power, so he's not able to be with us, but he had a very entertaining, albeit unlikely, Socks of his miracle. And that is that Jerry Reinsdorf is revealed to be uh, not Jerry Reinsdorf at all, but simply a 50-year study conducted. I think it's University of Chicago. It's it's, it's a new it's a university because it's a study, uh, and he actually doesn't exist. Uh, and it really was just an experiment to see uh, how I believe how badly essentially you can serve your community. Uh, and now that that uh, experiment is over with. Uh, the White Sox are gifted now. I believe some board of trustees runs a team with a $200 million yearly payroll. I imagine inflation, it'll, 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 uh, it'll bounce up year after year. That's the reward for White Sox, two White Sox fans for having to suffer through what is now 40 plus years of Jerry Reinsdorf ownership. That in fact, it is, it was just, it was all, it was all, it was just, it was all in, in the name of academia. Uh, likelihood that Jerry Reinsdorf actually doesn't exist, friends? I'm Slim. getting like a Bill Wirtz vibe, so I, I don't know. <laughs> mm. Dollar Jerry. Okay. I'd like yeah. to think he's actually just a hologram. Ooh. Here we go. <laughs> that could have, there might be some reality there. <laughs> no, no, it's Tony. Tony. I mean, Rather, yeah, exactly. He's, <laughs> he's secretly been gone for like 15 years, but it's just now uh. a hologram. <laughs> Happy Hanukkah. Merry Christmas, Jerry Reinsdorf. We all believe you might be dead. Uh, Yes, White Sox, we know you're watching and we love you. I am your favorite fan. (laughs) You know I am. Okay. Um, Pick me your besties. There you go. There you go. My miracle really was uh, a number of things, but the thing I want is transparency from the White Sox. And we know that is the least likely miracle. And I know no team has to be transparent, but the idea that the White Sox can behave so dupliciously, uh, say one thing to do another, obviously uh, to be more transparent would clear up a lot of the other problems. So this is sort of a cheat. I get to do a bunch of miracles all in one because you don't hire Tony Russo. You actually have a managerial search that actually adheres to the seal rule instead of just deciding, well, even though Ken Williams is a very prominent uh, or the prominent black executive in baseball, right under his nose, we're going to just skirt that and hire Tony La Russa, who... <laughs> you know, he's not Cuban. <laughs> he doesn't come from, you know, Mexico. He's, he's Spanish and Italian, which, you know, us Italians had it tough 250 years ago in this country. Not anymore. Uh, at any rate, I think transparency would do a lot. Uh, it would clean up 
Rick Hahn deciding like every year just to start knee jerk criticizing like White Sox social media. Uh, he could be a little cooler there. Uh, I, it would, in terms of the money being spent, it just, you don't have to, you can still lie, still lie about things that maybe diminish those lies to a degree. And what gets elevated is just a feeling of camaraderie with the team, a feeling of trust in the team, the White Sox fans. We, we always root for the team in spite of the fact that we, we know we're being lied to. We know we're being conned. We know things like window of contention is a carrot that we're supposed to be happy about and dance through the 2020s on uh, when in reality, we should have, we're in Chicago. We should have a window of contention every year. And, you know, traditionally before this horrible last decade, White Sox were pretty much a competitive team year after year. They had a nice run. They're always, you know, maybe they were just a 500 team, but that tells you you got a chance. Uh, at any rate, my Sox is miracles. The White Sox front office chooses to be, if not fully, much more transparent. And we all know that ain't going to happen. But again, White Sox, don't forget, I am your very favorite fan. Hello, Rick. Hello, Ken. Hello, Jerry or Jerry Hologram or Michael, whoever's running things over there. I don't know. Um, I know this was going to be the grab bag area, but we don't have much time for grab bag. Uh, thoughts on our socks of us miracles. How many are likely to actually come true? I think we have one in the bag because Adrian, I really got a good feeling about yours. Uh, from there, however, I think we might strike out. Anybody have any more hope than that? Yeah, I think uh, I agree. I'm I think very Minnie confident. Dick Allen gets in. I hope for Dick Allen too. I mean, that, that is also very well deserved. Yeah. And talk about a guy who is a trailblazer in a way, uh, you know, in a, in a very different, but still a, a very diff, a difficult and arduous way. Uh, uh, not quite comped with Mignoso, but, but pretty darn close because he had a very ugly uh, presence in the game. And people always assume that was him always being the one kicking that up, but no, the dust was kicked on him. He was buried first before he started to push back. Uh, uh, Indianapolis field office uh, thoughts on the likelihood of anything more than perhaps many getting into the hall of fame being like, well, I know Joe believes Breck Carter is going to be an ADL's hero. So that's two. A fraction of crystals. I think I could see happening um, specifically McCutcheon. That one, I, I, it makes a lot of sense. And um, I, I would be on board with it as well. So it's one that I'm happy to agree with. Crystal, you're getting a lot of love. I need it. <laughs> I need him to be in Chicago just just once. Right. I've seen I've traveled to like four different states to see this man play. So can it can they make it a little bit easier on? Can it at least be, be a awesome. can it be a bordering state? Although I guess you know you're spending enough time you know uh, uh, straddling both. In the, uh, all right, I'll stop talking now. Uh, anyhow, thank you, Crystal. Joe in the Annapolis field office, Tommy Barbie representing the Eastern time zone, Adrian representing central one member of 85 others on Southside Sox actually showing up from Chicago to talk with us. Hope you enjoyed Sox of us miracles. Who knows? We may have more Sox of us uh, activities to come, but this might wind up Sox of us. So thank you father Sox of us for uh, cranking it out for us. Thank you everybody for listening. We'll be back with more podcasting. Oh, we got a lot of stuff. I didn't even remember to tease in this one, but I'm running out of time. So I'll see you in a couple days.